everyone welcome to the podcast um my name is andrew clarkson and i'm here with matt parker and andrew mistake number one it's not just any podcast this is the clam stock crescendo podcast which is sponsored and everything we owe to fat dog vinyl our new local record shop they're located at seven north main street here in mount vernon when talking to phil the owner we were kicking around some ideas let's create some content let's do some stuff on behalf of the store and andrew and i you know two members of a band slight halo ourselves were huge music fans we thought what if we did some things where we talk some albums Make sure we get those albums stocked in the store and kind of do our own. It's like a suggested stand that you would see in a Barnes Noble. But we get the time and energy out to you to explain what we're doing. So today we are doing Block Party Silent Alarm, which is an indie rock record or alternative, if you will. Uh, it was released in 2005. Block Party is a band from London. And Andrew and I chose to start on this because it's something we do have in common. In the future, we will be doing some things that maybe he knows more about or I know no more about. But we're jumping in with something that I can call a classics, a classic to ourselves, Silent Alarm. So, Andrew, why do you think you wanted to start with this specific record out of any other record in the world? Yeah, um, well, I mean, you know... This was one of the first records I think that you and I ever, you know, exchanged um, ideas about. Uh, I played the song This Modern Love with a band in high school. And, um, you know, our, our bass player introduced us to that song. I never really checked out the record until much later. But you had said that you you came up to me after a show or something. It was after the performance of This Modern Love at the Downtown Festival. And I was like, that's so cool hearing Block Party out in my community. Um, in my high school days, I was more into alternative and indie rock. A lot of the bands of the 2000s. Um, I, I had it the bias for a lot of those bands. I, I like the British bands more, too. And Block Party is a band from London. Um, so I think that gave them an interesting way in. But yes, I remember coming up and just saying, oh, you covered this modern love. You know, that's one of my favorite songs. I think to this day, I might have favorites come in and out, but that song is always going to be the most special to me, and I and I imagine that for a lot of people. Yeah, I still remember how to play that guitar riff, you know, to this day. I haven't played it in years, but, you know, I could probably pull it out right now. So we're well aware there are millions of podcasts and Hulu and Disney Plus and so much on the market. But here at Clam Stock Crescendo and Fat Dog Vinyl, we know time is limited. So we're going to mainly, you know, we will give some opening thoughts and some closing thoughts. But something I want to urge myself to do is we're going to try to mention and share thoughts on at least something about every song on each album because that is why we selected silent alarm there are plenty of indie rock records that had some good singles or even some deep cuts and i cannot urge you enough to listen to the b-sides block party put out early yeah. those are incredible some of my favorite songs um, what's that ep called the red one i had it in my car actually i found it at a garage sale i can't whoa. remember what it was with called. the one with the marshals are dead and 
Oh, what's the other, what are the other songs on there? Um, I think Banquet's on there. It could have just been a Banquet EP, Might but it's less important which specific one. It's more important the sentiment. We know that Block Party was overflown with creativity. The B-sides, the early tracks were just so strong, so early. Uh, it's just called Block Party EP. It's Banquet, That's Staying Fat, She's yep. Hearing Voices, The Marshals Are Dead, The Answers, and a dance remix of Banquet. So I specifically remember The Marshals Are Dead and The Answers were probably my favorite off that. And then obviously Banquet's a big hit, but right off the bat, Like Eating Glass, you get that weird echoey Russell Lissack guitar and Matt Tong's drums kick in and... I actually have a very special memory with this song. I will yeah. not take too much time with it, but it's one of my favorite memories of my entire life. On my 18th birthday, I was with a few friends. We went to, at the time, it was the Indians and Reds. The Indians smacked them up as they tend to. And the block party was playing at the Newport. Or not the Newport, sorry. The House of Blues in Cleveland. And wow. I was like, hey guys, I know a few songs by Block Party. Let's walk down there. I just want to see what happens. Well, they let us in the show for free because it was almost over, and I crowd surfed to like eating glass, and I didn't know that I didn't know the song. incredible experience even if you don't know the song but that's hilarious just right off the bat yes and it was i looked on setlist.fm it was the second encore we got i believe it was the song truth this modern love and like eating glass because oh, it was on their four tour so i think it would have been was 2013 Wow. would have been the year for this so you know yeah. i i think i remember you posting on social media about this or something um way back when you know i i, I just remember being super jealous because i was just getting into this band as well that's wild it was one of the happiest moments of my life in a way that i paid to go to a baseball game and then the bouncers were super cool I've heard mixed things on the House of Blues, but, you know, just to get right in, you know, that was very special. And I just turned 18 that day. so That's awesome. Very crazy. Uh, like Eating Glass, I'm not going to go too deep, but the part on the end of the, we've got crosses on our eyes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. What a heavy outro. Um, you That's know, a we, reference to something, isn't it? It's like a reference to, like, old comics or something. You know, crosses on our eyes means you're dead. Right. <laughs> yes. And I love that there's something frigid and wintry. There's negative emotions. There's feelings of isolation. And on the cover of Block Party's Silent Alarm, it's an all-white sky, a snowy field with very thin black and gray trees scattered without. So yeah. it's just a cold opener on a cold album. Lots of cold emotions. Um, track two 
is Helicopter, which is the first song I ever heard by Block Party. Wow. And I heard it on, I think it was like either Guitar Hero or yeah. Rock Band. Sounds right. And I, I mean, mean, it just rips, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what a what a guitar performance, you know? Um, yeah, I... Uh, the other thing about this song is that... Um, you know, it's it's super interesting to me that it was, you know, mid-2000s, you know, Bush presidency. <laughs> right. Um, they said the song is not about the Bush presidency, but... I don't know about that. <laughs> it's hard to not make it about that. It's hard to not, but that's what I think is interesting. And obviously, they're a British band, too. So right. for a British band to be speaking of American politics in 2005 is a lot of fun. And that's what's confusing with Block Party. They have these very heavy songs with a lot of important lyrics. Do people you know, do that anymore? Do people have that same like earnest political awareness in their music where it's just like, you know, I'm speaking about something that's definitely wrong that I see in the world around me, you know, versus like today, I think you hear a lot of people like, you know, ironically and sarcastically and, and just not being super outright about their, um, you know, whatever whatever they're thinking. You know, we're so jaded as a society anymore. Um, I don't hear a lot of this kind of political awareness the I way we did in the I think it's 50 or 50, though. I see less of it in rock music. And when it is, it does. It just doesn't strike me as tasteful because... Yeah, exactly. To be honest, if I want something that is going to speak about systems or culture anymore. I feel like modern hip hop is doing a way better job with sure. that yeah. than rock music. So I want to throw that in there because like I said, I, I'm not one where every song needs a message or something, but they have a, a tasteful way of going about it. It's not overly slanderous towards one person or figure, but to me, I always saw helicopter as, Maybe attacking blatant negative themes in American culture. Yeah. And I think politics tied up in this because it's not like, I don't like George Bush or, you know, I don't like John Kerry. You know, that's yeah. not the point of the song. Or, you know, the, it would be like there's nothing directly referencing Trump or Biden or something in today's culture. So I thought it was very interesting too because it kind of fakes people out. There's this very upbeat drum tempo but the lyrics just offer so much more than that yeah great song uh um, i don't know the next one that well oh the next song is arguably my favorite wow it's like there this is the one where i'm saying this modern love probably gets the all-time achievement award yep. positive tension is one of my absolute favorites so Gordon Mokes, the bassist, who did some backing vocals, I think this is his time to shine. He does a lot of very subtle, low, rumbly, you can't tell what he's saying half the time, bass vocals. But his bass performance and the drums are beautiful. And this is followed on by, if you have to listen to maybe 30 seconds of this entire album, I would recommend somebody listens to... I, I would say it's a bridge that leads into a guitar solo. Mm. And this is an all ages podcast, but it ends. Why'd you have to get so bleeping useless? Yep. And then Russell lights up probably my favorite guitar solo in the block party catalog. Let go. They say 
that's that's a moment that sticks with me. I don't even know the song that well, but yeah, I, you know, you just saying that it like immediately I hear that guitar solo, you know. Yes, with the crazy trippy delay, like, and it's interesting too because it's not as fun as their other songs. People don't like it the way they like Banquet, and it's not as sweet and kind as this Modern Love, but it's very angry in a very dissonant way yeah. another thing and it's about like my my perception of the lyrics is kind of dealing with somebody that is just in a rut or repeating bad habits this could be about dealing with somebody that you care about that's incredibly lazy or even them might have a problem with an addiction of some sort but positive tension always struck me as one of the more interesting tracks on the album which says a lot because I really truly love every song on this album. Yeah, um, looking up the definition of positive tension on Google, you know, a quick Google search. Positive tension is when there is a force stretching us for our benefit, um, which is rare because totally rare. I feel like this album deals with nothing but cold emotions. Like I think my number one feeling I associate with this album is the anger that you would get if you see complacency in others. Yeah. I feel like whether it's political, whether it's just taking part in a community or a system, Kelly, the lead singer of the band, you can just tell he's very frustrated on most of these songs. He's very young. There's a youthful energy. But things do pick up in a song that is... 100% about sex. We don't have to we don't have to argue about what this song is about. The next song is Banquet, oh, which man. I mean was probably a lot of people's intro into Block Party. It was probably the second song I actually heard by them. Um the same person who introduced me to This Modern Love made a mix CD for our uh school radio show you know the morning announcements or something you know i don't remember what it was called but he made a mix cd for music to play on it and so i stole that mix cd from the studio when i left middle school um because you know it was just an incredible track list and this song was on it i'd never heard it before and um you know the drum beat comes in and you have that like very strange synth sound going on right let's say i had in studio the band was like yeah sure we can add some additional noises but yeah you know it's not there in the early demos but then those guitars come in and you know if you ever need a record in stereo this is it this is the one because and if you've never heard block party before you know it's a singer and rhythm guitarist a silent lead guitarist, a bassist with some additional backing vocals, and a drummer that never wears a shirt. That's basically <laughs> <laughs> that's basically Block Party. And something they do better than any other band, at least contemporary band of theirs, is the call and response guitar. Yeah, oh my Of gosh. the interplay of rhythm and lead. So if you're really into stuff like that, both using Fender Telecasters. And Russell Lissack's Fender Telecaster is decked out with Pokemon and Street Fighter stickers, which I had the pleasure of talking to Russell. Right, yeah, you should talk about that because that's yeah. wild. 
I, I was so obsessed with this band 2015. I was able to, I just tweeted at him and it was like, Hey, I'm one of your big content creators on the block party subreddit. Can I compile some fan questions, send them to you and will you answer them? And he's like, yes, absolutely. He gave me his personal email. I got on the subreddit and I'm like, yo, send me your questions for Russell. Some of them were music. Some could just be personal questions because Russell's dead quiet. You just know him for like the flippy hair, a million pedals, his Telecaster and his obvious love for Nintendo and Capcom and old video games, which I, I have a lot in common with. And he was so nice. He answered all our questions. At one point he said, I'm having so much fun doing this. It's so nice to have such educated and well-researched questions because I took them from the biggest fans and I posted on the subreddit. So nothing but respect to Russell. He's my favorite guitarist of the 21st century. So I would expect nothing less. Now the next track is when the fun emotions go back in the wrong direction. Yeah. It's blue light. One of the most beautiful and tasteful songs on the record. So I remember when this, when I when not when it came out, but when I was listening to this, um, yeah, I, I was like, you know, what is this song about? It's obviously a love song, you know, in a way. In a way. Do but you have the answer to this song? I'm curious. I think I do. At least somebody commented on YouTube that in Britain, in, in you know, in England, in, in those, in that area of the world, they, in public restrooms, they have blue lights so that drug users can't see their veins thousand percent correct i forget why oh it was when my friend dylan was over the other day i just explained to him so the the closing part of the song is kelly repeating line you are the bluest light yeah so it's like if you are comparing somebody directly to an anti-drug use public bathroom lighting fixture um and it's not really clear who this could be about if it is a first person story i know they're was some drug use in the band on and off in the years. So we're not sure who the, the author or the narrative is about, but at the end of the day, it's about loving somebody that has an addiction. And so even when we're talking about this cold, wintry, silent alarm record, it's still positive in a way. Like the subject matter is really hard, but anyone that's ever loved somebody with an addiction knows like how powerful that love can be. And, how much you see in them so blue light you know when you mix that with just wonderful mixing on the drums and bass beautiful guitar chords blue light is similar to this modern love in a way that it's just it's a beautiful song it's a sentimental song it's less dancey and it's less rock oriented so you cannot sleep if that's the way it is then that's the way it is Yeah, I was curious. That's why my eyes lit up because I was like, "Had you, had you it, heard that before?" Yes, I was, okay. that's why I lit up. I was like, "If you get this wrong, I will specifically tell you about the blue light." Because <laughs> yes, we don't have that here. Um, she's hearing voices, which I also don't know the song that well. Really, see, this is interesting because I think it shares a lot with positive tension. Um, hmm. Obviously, it's the red pill, blue pill 
as it's wow. known by people that forget the name of the song because he's singing about a red pill, blue pill. <laughs> this is another. It's almost like Andy's Chest by Lou Reed. The lyrics are very physical. There's something very like almost primal about the lyrics. Hmm. And what this shares in common with positive tension is outrageously prominent bass more negative feelings of distrust and incoherent nature and one of Russell's best guitar solos. Oh, so is I'm, it really? I don't even, how does this song start? What, like, what are, what are some of the lyrics? Um, how, how what it, it's, you said it starts with drums. They all start with drums. Yeah. Two, well, on. drums are in it pretty heavily here. Throw it on for a second. Yeah. Oh, yep, this one. Yep, yep, yep. She's hearing voices. Also, I mean, is this song about schizophrenia? Maybe. Wikipedia says it is. Huh? Wikipedia says it is. Okay. See, I've never went deep on it, but it's like... I know I tried to explain what I thought the song was about a second ago, and I lost my train of thoughts just a bit, but it's... Yeah, I mean, she's hearing voices like... Wonderful guitar solo. Yeah, I, I need to re-listen to that. Most of the guitar solos really stick with you, but this is this is like the one song that I skip, honestly. Really? Kind of See, disturbs me, you know? She's hearing voices. It's very... It's kind of scary. I love it. Uh, although having schizophrenia is one of my worst fears. Though. Right. <laughs> it's one of my favorite tracks. And then to close off side A is this Modern Love. Yep. And, and there's not a lot that hasn't been said about that we, song. We did cover quite a bit of it. I mean, it's pretty... Yeah. It has like that snippet of after I will be yours, they do like the ambient I'll pay thing. for you. Yeah, it builds up and then when it kicks in after any time, it's like Oh my god. As far as just a band sounding good playing together, I think that's the creme de la creme of the entire discography of just like this is a pretty song. You told me you wanted to eat up my sadness. We'll jump on enjoy you can gorge away. Um that line always reminded me of in Heart Shaped Box from Nirvana. I wish I could eat your cancer when you turned black. Oh man. <laughs> Something That's about like, like eating parts of someone that are obviously not food or like a That's physical a great, thing. Wow, I never caught that. I mean, yeah, it totally makes sense. Like eating up someone's sadness. Um No, that's definitely a thing in like folklore too. There was definitely I forget what they're called. There's a culture where they're literally someone will like ritualistically eat like demons or like bad energy from someone or wow. can extract that and physically consume it. Like a mystic person or something. Mystic person. Seer, yeah. I think they call them. Something crazy like that. 
Yeah, so so this Modern Love, you know, great riff. I was never really sure what this song was about, and there was a lot of debate about it on, you know, various internet I love how you niche. pre-gamed with consulting the almighty internet for some of these because... Some of these I didn't pre-game. I just had them stuck in my head from, you know, 2000. The- you know, eight or nine. When the I Block first... Party subreddit was popping with stuff like this, so it's definitely great. There's an active community for stuff like that. But I mean, this Modern Love is very much a love song, but it's not like "I love you, you mean the world to me." Like, right? Yeah. Great. I, I mean, not... it's a modern love, you know. So whatever that means is fun fact. The reason why I wanted to listen to jonathan richmond's band the modern lovers is i thought it sounded like this modern lovers is that where the song comes from i don't know i don't think so but i actually think that'd be a great block party cover band wow this modern lovers that's a great call and is that seriously how you got into jonathan richmond yeah dead ass that's great thousand percent i can (laughs) tell you the day i will keep this very very brief i was supposed to go to a hockey game but I hadn't got tickets yet. It was going to be uh, CBJ and the Rangers. I got distracted, ended up not going because Taylor and I were fixing tacos in the kitchen. And I was just getting way too excited with like my culinary endeavors. And I threw on the Modern Lovers. And then I ended up finding Jonathan Richmond that very night. Wow. So I remember listening to a lot of his music that way. But side note, shout out Jonathan. I love you forever. Um, the Pioneers. Hmm. So this is another one too. If there are more deep album cuts, yeah, this is this is lower on my list of priorities when I go to listen to this album. I I understand that, but in a way it offers something different because as we've talked about this is a dark record and even if there's love maybe it's like clouded with like the indecision of this modern love or the addiction of blue light. Like nothing is ever as warm and happy as it seems. And it's a tense song, but to me, it's always optimistic, you know? Uh, the pioneers, obviously, they're talking about, like, we will not be the last, things will carry on. Like, it's, it's a generational message in a way. I'm not sure what their exact angle is where, like, people are going to keep playing music. People are going to continue loving each other, even when times are apocalyptic, like, something will carry on, like... I don't even know what specifically they're referencing. But obviously we promised the world would change it. What were we hoping for? Um, It's a mix of pessimism and optimism, which any millennial or Gen Z probably can relate to because all we've ever known are, you know, it went straight from the 90s, which seemed very A-OK. We were kids and then it was... 9-11 9-11 yeah, 9/11, and wow. school shootings wow. and climate crisis, which keeps getting worse and worse. Never-ending war in the Middle East, which was already going on, but, you right. know, we found out I mean, out obviously, about it. like, Katrina was a big memory yep. growing up of, like, seeing things like that. So, I mean, the Pioneers is super relevant because it's, like, I just, I mean, they're older than us, for sure. Like, they were in their teens and early 20s when this happened, but... I think it was a beautiful song about youth perspective on like, you feel like everything is ending, but you're oddly optimistic at the same time. Like, yeah. obviously you can't quit just cause things aren't going your way. The one thing that about this song that does stick with me, um, is just that is just how it like, um, 
like there's no slump in this album there's no one point where i'm like oh they're kind of like you know backing off or 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 slacking off or whatever it's just right it just I, goes hard the whole time you i know? think we can agree this song is not like probably within our top five on the album or anything but when this is probably one of the bottom th- probably five if i had to pick bottom three to five like for as good as the song is like what does that say yeah exactly yeah so moving on <laughs> we have a very fun one uh this is another one this could be definitely getting it's back true. into the socio-political vibes yeah. of helicopter uh price of gas um <laughs> i've been driving a mid-sized car i never heard anyone is that a fact the price of gas keeps on rising. Nothing comes for free. Make like a stone. Make like a plant. I always was just enamored with this song. And the, you know, they kind of have a clapping intro and that very oh, right, yeah. low rumbly bass. Live performances in this song are beautiful, but this kind of ties in. What I love about this album is it's not a personal record. It's not. But it's also not a very external, macro-level political record. It's both. And I would recommend this for, I would say, a demographic of like... I mean, I think anyone can enjoy this record, but if I could pick an age group to get into this album, it'd probably be like... 14 or 15 to like 21 like young adults like you're probably not out in the world legally drinking yet like you are just forming like things are not middle school dances anymore they're like oh i'm gonna be voting soon yeah oh i'm having real relationships where i'm spending time with somebody outside of school oh i know somebody that is drinking something or smoking something you know it's like it's it's a coming of age album by people that were i would say past their coming of age point but it's not like a coming of age film the way everything is very lighthearted. but i think there is something about it's a youthful perspective on getting older major world events and finding yourself in the middle of all these serious things when you still might be in love or optimistic or have other things on the table going for you. Yeah, no. And, and like for me, a lot of that is just like, that's when I listen to it, but it just makes so much sense at that age, you know, that, you know, this kind of like universal universality, however you say that word, universality of kind of like themes it's Just, a teenage album that yeah. you can listen to whenever. Yeah. I like, to be fair, I love Blink-182 when I was in high school, and i like, good for them. They're out there doing their thing. I don't revisit Blink-182 yeah. unless I'm feeling super nostalgic just to hear something I listened to all the time back in the day. I don't relate to, like, any of it, really. Um, whereas Block Party, I related to it then. I still relate to it now. Yeah, It's still seriously. very timeless. Now, the next song is one of the only... I would say it's the lightest spot on the album. This is is one of my favorite songs on this album. Oh, I'll let you take the lead on this. So this is So Here We Are. Why is this one of your favorite songs on the album? Um, 
something about the tone and the way it just matches the lyrics, you know, kind of the chord progressions and, and the notes and, and just the ambient sounds. And then, and then, you know, Matt Tong's drums just, you know, continue to drive every single song, you know, somehow it just incorporates all of these different aspects about what makes Block Party good. You know, I, I don't think it's a super popular song. No, but it, it is a song of warmth. And I think this is, it's arguably an outlier. Like it's catchy and I think people would like it and the way they could have made it a, a standalone single. But in a way it, it doesn't fully, it's the warm spot on the album. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you want to contextualize it on this record, you could say like, hey, life's not all so serious and bad. <laughs> I mean, it's also just a super simple song. Like, there's a verse, um, it's not very long, and then there's a bridge, and the lyrics are oh, oh, you know, over and over again. And then the outro, you <laughs> know. I figured it out. I can see again. See, the part that jumps out to me is, I made a vow to carry you home if you're sick, if you pass out. In a way, I'm now seeing it as a prequel song to the song Sunday from A Weekend in the City, Block Party's 2007 follow-up album, Okay, which is about having an oddly romantic and peaceful hung Oh, like hungover morning with somebody you had a you know a heavy night the night before and you're just spending this time with them you're hungover you don't feel good but like you know you're walking around town watching football in the park which is soccer for um right <laughs> for us uh over here um but in a way it's it kind of has that warmth of like I just want to care for you and love you. Yeah, it's a very warm song. Like, probably the warmest song on this album. Like, I yeah, compare not, it to This Modern Love is kind of... This Modern Love's complex. It's There's a lot to it. There's a lot of subtlety. It's not warm. You know, it's very... There's <laughs> so a distance we, to it. So here we are is nice. It's like, I love you. I'll take care of you. Very nice things. Yeah. Now, the next one is one of my absolute favorite songs on the record. I think oh, this song man. goes the hardest. Like, if I just need a song to go hard, it's Luno. There's a live performance of it. Where oh, the live performances are They just great. play so well together. And especially here, there's a nice mix of vocal effects, guitar effects. It's very claustrophobic at first and negative. You know, it's just a absolutely dominant bass line. And then it builds, you know, the chorus. Anyone that's listened to the record knows exactly what comes in between this. The chorus is, and your nose is bleeding, and then like a nasty drum fill, and your nose is bleeding, nasty drum <laughs> fill. You've been lying to me, filthy drum fill. It's yeah. like Matt Tong does not let up. Um, yeah, I I feel like at this point of the song or this point of the album, I'm like starting to lose track of a lot of the themes, you know, um, like lyrically, it doesn't always come through to me, but musically, it just keeps going. 
it's you know. this one to me it's brother and or sister on the arm would be positive tension mm. interesting like there's something here that i'm not sure if i'm getting but come back yeah. to me the way you are the way you were when we were young i'm trying to tell you everything i can heal the blind i can cure the sick you know he's just it's so relentless yeah. This is one of the things I don't even know exactly. Like, if there are characters, if there are things being referenced, if uh, there's a yeah. moment where the lyrics make sense to me, even though I don't know what he's talking about, even though, like, I understand every word in the song, just the way it's right. juxtaposed with the music, it literally just gets me energy. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much energy in... All of their stuff, really, you know. This album is great for that, but, you know, it's hard to go wrong with a block party song if you're looking for energy. Um, it's kind of the cool thing about the album, though, and, and th you know, their stuff in general is just so dancey, yet, you know, it's still indie rock. It's still, you know, guitars and, and drum fills, not just four on the floor, dance beats. And they weren't too synthy or too, like, full-on electronic by this point this was they were still a rock band now the next one is one i listened to a lot in high school i remember mm. having a huge fixation on this there's a beautiful acoustic version on youtube too um it's called plans and i think it's um obviously if you're 17 or 18 years old and you have no idea what you're doing or you're 30 years old or 50 years old and you have no idea what you're doing with your life if you're sleeping in too long, if you're confused, if you're caught in a daily rut, I think this is the song on the album. This is another one that deals with frustration and complacency, like positive tension. My favorite line in the song is, you know, in the chorus, and the ravens are leaving the tower, or the pre-chorus, sorry. And the ravens are leaving the tower, make your peace. And then the chorus, I've got a taste for blood, Leave the weak, leave the young. So in a way, I always took that transition of, you know, it sets the stage of like, you know, it's a you're in a rut, you don't have plans, you're not sure what's going on. And then the whole like the vicious part of the chorus is like, leave the weak, leave the young. I think that's my way of perceiving it as if you don't find a way to snap out of it, if you don't find a way to make progress you're going to be lost completely, which I mean, I, I'm sure. sure they felt at the time as a young band, just getting a record, even like if we don't do this, if we don't do this well, I know they would argue a lot on the band and like, there are plenty of Rocky moments on oh, tour really? and stuff. Wow. I don't know. I think you can take this anyway, but it's basically survival of the fittest. The song, man, wow. but it's a wintry song yet again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. other than So Here We Are, which makes me feel like I'm at a nice romantic, uh, seeing somebody romantically that you haven't seen in a long time and everything is warm oh, and bright. Uh, we are back into winter, folks. Man. This is about no plans. And <laughs> well, back to So Here We Are, I think of like laying in the snow and like the snow is falling and you're like, everything's silent tonight. Oh, that's good too. That's kind of what I think of when I hear that song, but you know, I actually like that better because it is twinkly. <laughs> that is that is falling snow. This is beautiful because I had that weird like 
I will eat your cancer when, and you're like, oh, I never thought of that. And you're like, no, it's not sunshine. This is falling snow. This is a winter record. It could go I, either way. Well, no, I think you're right, though. Oh. Because I feel like I now I envision myself in a coat just kind of on my back. And like, no, that makes right. sense to me. What wonderful things we're figuring out on the Clam Stock Crescendo presented by Fat Dog Vinyl on 7 North Main Street. Come in and pick up your favorite records. So we got one more song on this album, right? One more song, and it's Compliments. I have a, a close friend who was around me nonstop in high school. He second-handed way too much block party through me. They were not a band he particularly cared for. And he's like, I like this song. And I was but. so confused why, because he doesn't like slower, ambient music. I was always confused why I loved this one. But this Man, is... this is a simple song, too. I, you know, I'm trying to remember how all these songs go now, but... This is the most There are not many lyrics here. ...airy and spacious song on the record. Wow. Um, for me, it's all about the guitar tones. I think that's what carry it more than anything. And... They played this record on tour. They would do st- Silent Alarm start to finish. That's amazing. Except they would start with the last track and play it in reverse. So they would open what? on compliments, and it's so spacious. Wow. Um, the motion in this song, the lack of motion, the space it gives itself, and it's also it's not drums as much as there's that, like that blippy kind of beat as much. So... Oh. My thought on compliments, yet again, I don't know where this fits on the album conceptually. I guess it would be another song on complacency, if anything. But it is that cold, desolate winter. Yeah. Is there like a vocoder thing in this? Or am I just imagining that? Is that I mean, just a memory like that I invented? A vocal line, but... Like the the vocal synth that like says words, you know. No, it's, is that not on we this? We sit and we sigh, and nothing gets done. So right, so clued up, we just get old, and all the wire while been told torn asunder, nicotine and bacteria. What are we coming to? What are we gonna do? There's not a lot there. That's the entire. Well, yet again, though, we sit and we sigh, nothing gets done. Yeah. I don't know. Is that plans? Is that she's hearing voices? Is that? You know, so right there, I mean, there's the closer. And it's yep. not like a two-headed boy part two that ends in fireworks. Or, you know, it's not a... That's the thing about this album. Is it's like, it's almost nondescript or like, you know, no one part of it really jumps out to you. It's just all like really solid, you know, music and and just... You know, everything kind of plays an equal role. You know what's interesting, too? As much as I love this album, if someone was like, yo, can I throw a silent alarm on shuffle? I don't think I'd hit them. Like, I think these songs are all great individually. Yeah. They work together. I think they have mainly cold and wintry emotions, as we talked about. But I think that's the defining light. I don't think there's a narrative story. Ending on Compliments, which is sleepy and the most desolate, slow-moving song of all, is a choice because it's like, it could be your favorite song on the album. You could forget to listen to it. It's such a choice. There is not a grand crescendo of like ending on a huge Russell guitar solo or Kelly yelling something. It's like fading out, you know? So what 
uh, trip this has been. We probably went over the time we said we're going to go about 20 minutes. But in a nutshell, if you like us to talk about a record, if you're out there listening, let us know. We'll check it out, whether we both know it or don't know it. I think it would be fun to learn some new music. But, you know, over the course of this, let's throw out some names. What are we going to be talking about in the future? Like, we can go back and forth. Because it's me and I'm Matt Bacher, anyone who knows me knows I'm going to be talking the Smashing Pumpkins at some point. So we're going to be talking the Pumpkins. Who's someone you're going to want to talk about in the future? Uh, I mean, going back to Common Ground, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot, which is a band I listened to a lot back in high school that I've not been into for a long time. I am so excited to get back, especially now that John's back in the band. That's very exciting. Yeah. Um, I mean, just because I know this is a hot seller at Fat Dog Vinyl, I would love to argue about some Radiohead sometimes. Wow. (laughs) I have some freaking thoughts on Radiohead. Um, I have some thoughts on Radiohead as well. I have some very unpopular opinions. That'll be less um, positive. Okay. If we go in rainbows, I'm going to gush the whole time. If we go <laughs> Kid A, I'm going to tell you why I think it's overrated. What if we go The Benz? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how much I love... Uh, the Benz is very okay to me. Very okay, okay. I like... It's. I like it. Well, side note, but there are so many Radiohead records. I think it'd be sick to talk jazz... Yeah, video jazz. game soundtracks. Yep. I think it'd be really fun to do an MF Doom or like a Tribe Called Quest record. Yeah. Um, like maybe even picking up some modern hip hop too, because yeah. even though it's not my top genre by any means, I still like to listen to what comes out. Like I've always been mixed on somebody like Kendrick, for example. Like oh, wow. Kendrick yeah. comes out with thought provoking music, whether you like it or not. That's really exciting stuff to talk about. So. If you have made it this far, thank you for listening. Like I said, all thank you goes to Fat Dog Vinyl. We are about at the end of the road. Do you have any closing statements? Um, no real closing statements. Uh, besides, you know, check out the album. Um, and uh, yeah, hope you like it. Hope Tune you like it. Time. You will. We're going to hopefully try to have everything that we talk about stocked at Fat Dog. So... You know, get in contact, send us recommendations. We'll talk about it. We'll go from there. Until next time, this is Matt and Andrew with Clam Stock Crescendo Podcast, sponsored by the wonderful Fat Dog Vinyl. Thank you.